fight the basin. Ask not what your voice can do for you. Welcome to the Haas Boys Podcast. Thanks for joining us for all your Haas Boys needs. And hopefully I uh, got my helmet on. I'm lowering myself into that driver's seat. Team principal to my right, Mike. Hello. How's the track looking today? Cold. Oh, okay. So you got to get them square puppies round. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Warmed up. Ah. Yeah, tires square out. Did you not know that? I didn't know that. That's why I'm a driver. Just put me in the seat and let me drive. Okay. And I got my team engineer to the left. We got some crazy conditions inside that engine right now. Five or six colds gotten thrown, but we're going to put you out on the road any old how. Oil slick's been put on down. It's slickery (laughs) out there. (laughs) Slickery? Um, our engineer is the best, Parker. We use the oil slick to, uh, technique for our racing. Yeah, I brought that from Sauber. <laughs> the oil slick is a weekly segment now. Yeah, that oil yeah. slick was an old trick we used to use at Sauber. Is Was it to fix your hair? It was hair. It was hair oil, but oh, it was okay. to sabotage other teams. Sorry, was that not clear? I didn't get that part. No, yeah, yeah. I'm like, F1 cars don't leak oil. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore, at least. <laughs> no, but... If they do... You're in big trouble. We just burn oil today. Conditions are good. Conditions Engin- are engine good. is ready Engines to go. Are good. Sweet. Captain. We're out, we're out for points today. Out, out for, for points. points. Whoa, jinx. Wow. Wow. Haas is real. Don't sing it perfectly. There's a copyright issue. I'm sure. <laughs> um, do you think we're getting points this year? I think so. Oh, I'm very excited. It's interesting. I immediately thought of something. Yeah, what? We were just talking about this and team engineer over here. Do you recall hmm. one major change this year? No more tire blankets. No heat blankets. I didn't know this. They did away wow. with that. When did we get this news? This was part of the new regulation. Oh my gosh. So as they've upgraded tire and wheel size, they also did away with the tire blankets. Wow. So they're not allowed to warm the tires up in the garage this year. They'll be doing that on track. That's awesome. So they can still bring those heated blankets out onto like the starting line. They're gone. Gone, gone. Banished completely. Oh, wow. Dude, that's probably puts like three or four four people have a job <laughs> like when you're looking at the paddock like tv what do no, you there's, see there, there's uh, always somebody like yeah <laughs> keeping them warm <laughs> keeping my little nuggets warm up there, there was <laughs> there was already a budget cap so that yeah <laughs> those suckers were already in trouble wait that's funny but uh so the budget cap didn't affect mercedes at all because they already had a team of 10 on blankets <laughs> We'll That's say great. that Mercedes is playing the budget cap like most billionaires are playing the tax code in right. the US. <laughs> right. Hey, we'll leave that to other podcasts. Okay. We will leave that to other podcasts. Interesting about the heat blankets. I didn't know that was a thing. Cold day on the track today. We're getting out there. Yeah. Things are warming up now. Conversations smooth and yeah. we're all rounded out. We're all greased up like Last week, last week we talked about why be a Haas fan. I think we want to continue on. This is a Haas fan podcast. And I think what I want to talk about, and I think what we were talking about earlier is Gunter. Yeah. And Mike was telling me the other day about Gunter's career path, his like introduction to Haas and how the Haas team kind of was born. Yeah. And I thought it would be fun to go over that. Mr. Steiner. Mr. Steiner. Gunster himself. Yeah. Kind of the team mascot. 
He really is. If a Formula One team had a mascot like a lot of American sports have, yeah. I think Gunter fits that perfectly. He Do does. you disagree? No, I don't disagree. I think he would be a perfect mascot. He is very recognizable. You could have a caricature of his face perfectly, and he's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And would any other team have a mascot? I mean, does Mercedes have Lewis's dog? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, what is that dog's name again? I forget. Toto, the dog's name is Toto. Yeah, Mike, can you like kind of lead us off? Like, so Gunter, was he always in racing, always in motorsport? Yeah. From what I researched that I did on uh, Mr. Steiner, he started off in rally, which is super cool. I think rally is rad. I mean, what yeah. just happened? The Dakar? Yeah, they just did that. Dakar? And they also did I the Monte Carlo. Watching that. It's yeah. so cool. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, so, of all motorsport, I love F1. I love the MotoGP, too, like yeah. in the TT. But as far as doing it myself, there's nothing that interests me more than rally, man. That is such a crazy sport to do because on a track, you have really defined parameters. Like you stay in this tiny little area. The asphalt has this level of grip. You have these certain tires. But in rally, it's like... Yeah, like temperature is your only variable in a racetrack. But in rally everything's a variable. everything's <laughs> variable it's been fun to as i have gotten into f1 to learn about the history of rally which might be worth chatting about at some point yeah. there's been crazy periods of rally like i can't remember exactly what it was but in the mid 80s where they Group basically exactly yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah where they just opened it up and it was an absolutely insane Most wild dangerous. west crazy power lots of deaths <laughs> Seriously, what was it, two years, a year? Yeah, they had a lot of deaths. There was one accident that brought Group B to a halt. But like you right. said, we, but it's, let's yeah, visit we'll, that. Yeah, we'll visit that at I some point. I want to dig deeper into that mm. because there is a lot there. But it is interesting that Gunter does come from Rally. Rally's, it is worth noting. Yeah, and Rally is a very, they're kind of go hand in hand. There's a lot of Scandinavian drivers in Formula One that have been successful. Mika Hakkinen, who is a McLaren driver, uh, was known more or less for kind of dabbling in rally mm. kimmy raikkonen took a few years and did rally he's a world rally champ right i actually don't know if he I ever won he did he win yeah. the championship but then also uh robert kubitza who raced for williams he was involved in a rally accident that's why mm. his hand was like pretty messed up he mm. he, he got hurt pretty bad mm. um, before he was an f1 uh no so he did a rally while he was an f1 driver mm -hmm. had a severe oh. accident that ended his career and then williams brought him back quick aside are these F1 drivers allowed to go do these other motorsports and other extreme sports because it seems Usually like no. it just seems like you see uh, on social or whatever it is you see them like ice climbing or mm. like drifting rally cars and things like that and I'm like most athletes have in their contract that they're not supposed to do anything while they're under contract with the team do you know anything about that these days there's such an Instagram component to contracts so i think that there's some flexibility but in the past it was like a absolutely no way don't leave the house yeah and yeah. for the most part i know that like kimmy's contracts said that he was specifically not allowed to ride like dirt bikes and stuff because mm. i think he broke an arm one year mm. but he always did and, and i think that that's always a very tricky 
thing to nail a driver down and be like, you can't do this. But you know, these days, yeah, Charles Leclerc posted on yeah, Charles and Instagram that he was ice climbing, and I, I do have to wonder, you know, does your team know about this? Right, you know? right. And this is preseason mm. workout. So, anyways, but yeah. back to back to Gunter. So he started in rally. Super cool beginnings there was uh, managing the pro drive team, it's really uh, like well known rally team, and then moved on to Jag in F one. And when Jag had an F one team, it was under the Ford umbrella, and with doing that for a little while until red bull came in and acquired jag Mm -hmm. so the red bull team prior to being an f1 actually acquired the jaguar team and that's part of the reason why they're based where they're based oh that makes sense because they acquired that factory and everything hired by nikki lauda mr lauda was the one who recruited gunter very cool but at jag because nikki and and red bull didn't work together but okay. I think it's interesting that Gunter was ever at Red Bull. That's something I didn't know. Yeah, we'll have to share on the Instagram an image that we have of Gunter and Christian shaking hands back in the day. And it almost looks Photoshopped. Because really? you wouldn't imagine these two yeah. guys, you know, shaking hands. They're such icons now. Yeah, yeah. But at the time or so, you know, they're like babies. Uh-huh. But the interesting thing was is that he was technical director at Red Bull. And then this is where things get really interesting. Adrian Newey, you might have heard his name before. He's like the genius at Red Bull. Yeah. Adrian's a legend in in design. But Adrian was hired to come over to Red Bull, and that made Gunter redundant. But they didn't want oh. Gunter to go away. They knew that he was a powerhouse, and he had mm-hmm. a lot of power to give. So they started a Red Bull NASCAR team. Can you believe that? It's cool. It's crazy. What year was that? I think they started the Red Bull NASCAR team in like 06. I think that's when it started. So in 2006-ish, we'll say, they started a NASCAR team. He moved to the States. Cool. And, you know, we'll say from there, the rest is history. (laughs) He was in our paddock, which we call the infield. Interesting. They were in Mooresville, which is where all the NASCAR teams are. And that's why Haas set up right next door in uh, Kannapolis. Are they in Kannapolis? Yeah, which, which apparently is like 13 miles away from where all these NASCAR teams are. are. That's interesting. I didn't know that Red Bull ran a team. Yeah, they ran a NASCAR team for a little while pretty, pretty unsuccessfully. They were competitive and did get eventually a win, I think, or okay. maybe two. But eventually came to the conclusion that the F1 team was the focus. I think for Red Bull, that makes more sense. I think F1 has this vibe of being more like extreme, glitzy, glamoury. That fits more with like Red Bull's like goals market wise. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. And after they closed the doors on the Red Bull team, Gunter stayed in the US, started a parts manufacturing company making like carbon fiber parts. And in his time in the States, we'll say the NASCAR community, especially in North Carolina, is not very big. And so he's brushing shoulders with Gene Haas, his team owner, and, you know, Mm. sharing the same spaces. Got himself an intro and a meeting and talked his ear off and wouldn't let him go. And so eventually convinced him. And here we are. Convinced Gene. Convinced Gene to do an F1 team and to do it the way that we talked about last episode. How much money ballpark does it take to start an F1 team? It's insane, right? A billion dollars. Right? I mean, in, in almost joking aside, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. And so it, it's impressive to me to think of like Gunter. He comes across sometimes as a joke in Drive to Survive or he's just funny the way he like treats his drivers. But it also speaks to how scrappy he is. We're going like... to have a whole conversation about that dinner party. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> 
Um, but it just speaks to how scrappy he is because I can't imagine approaching and convincing someone to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to start a whole new F1 team. Yeah. I would say that that would be the impossible job. Yeah. So he's like, he's an impressive team principal if you're able to do that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, how would you do it? We'll put it this way because this is a current topic. How would you convince Porsche, who's been out of the game a long time, right, to join into something that Honda struggled to do, which was join back in and potentially lose? You no, know, I'd be interested to hear how both of you guys would present uh, that. I'm not a, I'm not a All right. business pitching guy because I don't even think that's equivalent because Haas isn't necessarily a motor company, <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> it's not, e- it's not sure. even close to the power Porsche has. I guess I'm sure on the next episode we'll do a follow up and we'll get as much info as we can about that conversation but i'm real interested to know what did that look like when he sat down with gene and i'm sure he's just like he had some history with f1 he comes to gene who's wrecking in in nascar at that point right yeah it was that during their peak period that he oh i mean it's still a peak period okay okay so he's killing in nascar and he comes and he's like hey there's this whole other sport blah 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 you can do this and this and this probably sold him on all the selling points of formula one that we were just talking about where it's the European market. So I'm a machinist, right? Yeah. That's been my world for quite a while at this point. Haas is it. If you're going to get a great machine, Mm. that's not like the best of the best of the best, but Mm -hmm. it's like the best of the best. (laughs) You're, you're, you're you're not going to spend like a million dollars of the middle market kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like, it's the best you're going to do unless you're going to go like super crazy, super pro like high end. Yeah. And it is super pro high end, but Mm. they're like ubiquitous in the machining market, man. And so it makes sense to me, especially in America, everybody knows Haas. They're a huge leader in technology. They're a huge leader even in education. See, this is news to me because I don't, I don't really know machining, and you yeah. do, and so it's fun that you have this like introduction to this world, and then therefore this brand. So it makes sense to me that he would, and again, that's America, man. Mm. But there are these other companies that have a hold in China mm. and then into Europe that are European brands or Asian brands that are huge. And so it makes sense to me him sitting down, Gunter sitting down with Gene and saying. Everybody who loves NASCAR knows Haas. Go get Europe by putting the Haas name on one mm. of the most popular sports in Europe, which is F1. As a business owner, that would totally grab my interest where it's like, he already knew how to spend all this cash on a team, right? He already knew, okay, this is going to take $500 million of my money before anybody spends money on us anyways. Mm. And obviously he was successful, so totally makes sense that he'd be like, "That's a good point. let's get into Europe with Haas. Let's yeah. get everybody to know Haas in Europe. And no way for anyone to take you more serious than doing it in the most difficult discipline. Right. And if he's got this guy, Gunter, sitting in front of him, and if he likes him well enough and he has a good enough experience, I could imagine that conversation going that way. Be an interesting conversation to see. Anyways, that's what I imagine. That's a that's a really can, good uh, that's a good perspective. I didn't Yeah. So interesting question. I mean Gunter as a team principal, is he the right guy to get Haas points? What are his strengths as a team principal? Gunter is a no-nonsense leader, right? We've seen him say some pretty gnarly stuff to his drivers, (laughs) which for a team in the position that they're in is not completely inappropriate. (laughs) Though I'll never get behind somebody, you know, corporate leaders that are like really abusive it is kind of <laughs> who's the driver that didn't get invited to that dinner was it roman it was roman. Roman. Yeah. don't tell him I, I i tell him this later that i say this okay so we know that roman is not invited for a reason i heard that if he wasn't to come that the food would be better 
<laughs> but don't tell him I tell you. I'll tell him I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's just blunt. So blunt. He's blunt, yeah. So is Toto. Most yeah, of sure. the really great team principles are really like, you know, um, we all see it. To, 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 uh, super duper strict. Yeah. Super blunt. Cutthroat. Contrast that to... Claire Williams. Right. Which it was just seemed like a teddy bear. Pretty hard to watch her yeah. try to guide very, that team when she's passive. so... Yeah, and just kind of nice, which is a good trait mm-hmm. in a leader, but you don't turn a team from zero to ten by exclusively being nice. And that's what I think Gunter has, is he does have the personality to say, okay, no, you're out, which somebody like Claire just totally didn't have. So it good, is interesting to contrast them. It's a good we don't comparison, know. I think, yeah. because they're both kind of like lower end teams right now they're both at the back of the grid right and it's easy to see claire williams's mentality isn't necessarily the winner's mentality she was trying to come to terms with the fact that they're at the back of the grid and when you're trying to be like are we okay being at the back it's like you're you're gonna be there forever if you're okay with being at the back right gunter they're at the back right now but they're scrappy and they're trying to get the hell out of the back right Right. now yeah Right. right and he is doing everything he can to get out of there and that's abundantly clear he's willing to do anything Mm -hmm. to get them forward right Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what's really fun to watch it's not like watching hate to bring her up again yeah but what it is hard to watch claire yeah or was hard to watch claire williams where after each race if you were soft footage of her or Mm -hmm. whatever after each race on interviews or on drive to survive or whatever it's just like oh man there it goes again i'm not an f1 team principal Uh i don't have a clue but it doesn't inspire confidence in a team what inspires confidence in a team is you know hearing gunter steiner screaming into a phone after a race and and saying like we will do better like we know what to fix anyways what do you think of zach brown though oh he's my f1 crush (laughs) okay Uh, what makes him your f1 crush i want to hear about that oh man i don't even know but i think zach brown strikes me as an excellent leader just generally if he's really smart he's also willing to make really hard decisions selling the The McLaren technology center, the MTC. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was willing to do anything and he was willing to do something like completely heartbreaking for the sake of the team. I think Zach Brown's an awesome leader. And again, I'm like, what the heck do we know? We're just looking at things from the outside, but he seems like an excellent leader. But like you can tell he's an awesome leader and he has a passion for the sport. He moved to England as like a young kid by himself, not knowing anyone hoping to get into racing because he had done it in the States, but you know, the motorsport wasn't very popular. And so for him to like do that from a young age and you know, like his car collection's massive. He has all these winning F1 cars. He he got into F3, I think was his highest. Hmm. I think he drove formula 3000 which is now f2 oh so he was right up there yeah so like this guy has a passion for racing i think you see that in people like zach brown gunter has a passion for the sport you can see that and he has a history of racing well and one of the reasons i brought up zach is because to me zach is the nicest team principal i actually think he was ahead of claire and probably a personality trait that exists pretty much only in him he seems to be very caring for his drivers Mm -hmm. in a way that isn't like cutthroat now williams is notorious for being the team that drivers were 
a replaceable asset. Is that right? And so Claire carried that. See, I, and I'm looking. I'm looking at basically the last two and a half seasons as right. my as my sample size. Well, and so that's and, interesting and that, to hear. Yeah, and Claire, you know, through the we'll say the Netflix glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is seems very yeah. I mean, she is tender. She's nice. It seems yeah. like that those traits are going to be there. You know. Yeah. But she she did have a more cutthroat sense to her, and mm. she, they did burn drivers for a few seasons trying to figure things out. Interesting. Now the thing you know contrast to again. Haas and Williams, two, t- two teams taking different approaches where Haas has been innovative and, and went for that Ferrari chassis, that like spare part bin approach to save money. Williams didn't. And man, that's what almost did him in. But it also comes down to sponsorship cash, you know, and some of that stuff has been really a big struggle for Williams. And they had that upper hand more so than Haas has. So it's just an interesting comparison between two teams, one that's iconic and legendary like Williams to you know play into that for a second you know Haas is a team that doesn't make a car now we talked about that just a second ago where I mentioned Porsche mm-hmm. you're trying to convince Porsche to come to the sport superpower yeah they have all the money in the world to throw at that yeah. where Haas is like this is a gamble and it's but it's a gamble that's obviously marketing wise is a good one but also you know they're throwing all their money at this thing that could totally blow up in their face mm-hmm. Haas Williams Sauber but Sauber is endorsed by Alfa Romeo, so there's a little bit of car manufacturer money there. But there are these teams that exist that aren't, you know, obviously Red Bull is this anomaly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're an energy drink company that's also now a car company, and they also make engines now. It's insane. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Red Bull has shown the way. Mm-hmm. And so a company like Haas and a company like Williams can totally make it happen. Yeah. Even if they aren't the superpower that Porsche or Mercedes or any of these other companies can are. Yeah. These younger teams and smaller teams can totally do it. So it's almost not even worth asking, but it begs clarification. What is the difference in really broad strokes or specifically between a team like Mercedes and a team like Haas? Obviously, there's money differences. There's historical differences. There's where they came from is so different. But it is kind of interesting. Like if you were to pick three things about how these teams operate, what would they be? The only thing that's in my mind right now is I'm thinking about the differences between Haas and Ferrari. Ferrari's this massive, huge team, tons and tons of fans, and Haas has none of that. So a base is the first one, is yeah. having is having a base of fans, which equals money. Yeah, fans equals money. They also, Ferrari has like, you know, a home track. Mm-hmm. They have a place where they can like reside and that they can like win at. And they're like, this is our turf. Mm-hmm. And Haas doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Those stuff does play into how the team is going, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I joke with a lot of people that, you know, countries in Europe are states in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so, where Italy, you know, you race in Monza, mm-hmm. and it's not right on top of where Scuderia Ferrari is, but they're closer than North Carolina and Austin, Texas are. We call Coda home turf advantage for Haas, but it's like... That's the thing. I didn't even... It's, it's, it's kind like of Iceland. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Finland and the bottom of Italy. Right. Yeah. And, and now, you know, now that there's a Miami GP, then sure, that's going to be closer to North Carolina, but it's yeah. still, this is still a fair distance between yeah. the two. Okay. These are two really good points. And even when you're watching like Circuit of the Americas, there's not a focus on Haas, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. like watching that on TV or being there. It's just, there's a focus on the big teams and there's no like, oh, this is the home court for Haas. It just doesn't exist. 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Yeah, if you were to, if, obviously there's so many, but if you were to like wrap it up into things that really affect the way they race. I do think that there's a sense of pride working for Ferrari or Mercedes. Yeah. Because you work for companies that are so deeply rooted in their countries. Yeah. Even if you're an American who gets a job at Ferrari, that's a huge deal. You know, we, I think in America, something that we're not like maybe necessarily first thing that comes to mind, but it's like a country, we totally almost worship the Italians. We believe their design is sort of the best. Yeah. Every wealthy dude in the U.S. buys an Italian car. Right. And mm-hmm. goes out and buys Italian clothes. Right. And they want to visit Italy. I'm like, we kind of... Uh, How many clothes am I wearing that I got in Italy? This <laughs> <laughs> Max just so happens to be no, pretty we're not kitted leaving. in we're not, put, we're not putting that in. <laughs> but... Uh, it's true. So there's that component. Sure. So part of what you said, I think heritage is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, Haas is a newer company, and that'll, they're going to lose that battle a little bit. Um, I do think that part of the new regulation in the budget cap does level the playing field a bit yeah there's also begs the question that somebody back in germany has your back for mercedes where haas has ferrari as someone to lean on but they aren't ferrari and so that's a pretty big difference as well of being actually the manufacturer's satellite team versus being a privateer who's working with Ferrari. So I think that there's a pretty big deficit there. It's very interesting to dig into these differences and see how much Haas has to do that a lot of other teams don't have to, how much more of a mountain that Haas has to climb that a lot of these other teams never had to climb, or maybe mm-hmm. they climbed it 50 or 60 years ago when nobody like knew Ferrari what F1 was. at base camp and... Right. Haas is starting at like sea level. At sea level. And yeah. It, and it's like, that's very simple. That's mm-hmm. like a very simplified way to put it, but it really is kind of that way. Mm-hmm. Like the risk that Gene Haas took is way bigger than any risk that any admin at any of these European companies can make, right? Right. Because for all the reasons that we've just described, and there's so, so many, so, so many differences between these teams. And it's almost bizarre that we lump them together. Haas is not just somebody who's fighting for the midfield. Haas is trying to create something that has never, ever successfully existed, which is an American F1 team that can get points or an American F1 team that exists longer than how long did US F1 last? a year a few few years at the most right it's a huge task that they're undertaking it's it's pretty wild and some of the biggest names in u.s motorsport dan gurney who this picture on the wall here for those listening at home dan gurney picture in the show notes tried to take a stab at running an f1 team for a little while and didn't work out in his favor either again it's like people are everything and when you listen to podcasts really good podcasts around around f1 like this one um (laughs) interviews coming soon we you know you do find just how cool some of these people are and how incredibly interesting they are and again i think that that's part of that recruitment part of that like ferrari and mercedes they got that heritage you know like even if your salary is the same at haas you got this They'll opportunity to go to Mercedes the, or Ferrari. Yeah, right. the prancing pony. Right. Or the silver arrow. Right. You know, it's like, those are some things to overcome for sure. But, yeah. you know, some people like the scrappy battle. And I know that I, you know. Oh, no, of course. That, that is not to say anything against the scrappy battle. Right. Some guy wants it's that challenge. for the scrappy battle. Mm-hmm. Right. It's cool. And Gunter is the man leading that team. He's leading the charge. Is he, he is. the man for the job? I think so. More on that at nine. <laughs> We'll circle back to that later. (laughs) All right, shifting gears. 
More to general F1 news right now. Alan Prost and Alpine. Otmar Snaff Sour. Otmar Sweet and Sour Sauce is... <laughs> Otmar Sweet and Sour. <laughs> he is, is such a cool name, and I actually really like Otmar. He's yeah, a really too. big car collection, and he's got a really... Uh, he's super passionate about what yeah, he does. Yeah, he's, he's a smart guy. Yeah, and so him, he's switching teams. He's going from Aston Martin to Alpine. All right. And in that, Alain is leaving. I have no idea who you were talking about at the beginning of the end with the sweet and sour sauce. Who is this guy? <laughs> Otmar Schnapps. And he made his money through sauce? <laughs> Otmar is team principal, or was team principal, at Aston Martin. Oh, okay. So in the switch... Where Otmar was... So wait, Alan Prost was not involved with Alpine, was I... He was. Okay. But as the news has not been officially announced from the team, Otmar is rumored to be joining Alpine, having left Aston Martin. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And in that switch up, they relieved the team principal at Alpine. Okay. And that... Otmar is rumored to be taking that place. When that news officially broke or whenever people were talking about it, you and me were talking about it and you were saying that it's exciting. And I got excited about this, that the pink might come off of the Aston Martin livery. Praise. Is Praises. That, I'm hoping. How and why and please bless. But, but <laughs> how and why? Unfortunately, there's a they're, they're not going away. It's just removing from Aston. Because Stroll owns all of Aston Martin. Correct. Why the hell are we having that pink still on that green so, car otmar has a relationship with bwt okay so is the rumor is <laughs> did you say is it consensual is it sexual <laughs> it could be is it consensual as yeah, well it's, it's consensual. also a better question so really quick yeah i need you to remember yeah. what you're talking about i am you've got it okay because i found a pronunciation guide for his name Znaffen sweet and sour Thanks, how to pronounce.com. One more time. Okay, one more time. So why why is the guy who recorded that pronunciation in the back corner of a <laughs> handicap stall of a bathroom recording this like under his coat? <laughs> Gosh, I hope nobody heard that. And <laughs> Schaffenauer is easy. Schaffenauer <laughs> is actually easier to pronounce. It's 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 easier to pronounce than I thought it would Schaffenauer. be. Schaffenauer, yeah, it is. is easier to pronounce. Do you know how long it took me to to Google that? Not long. It took me four tries. Four tries to get oh the spelling. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like show. It took a lo- it took a long time. There's no C H. It's not S C H. No, it's S Z. S Z A F N A U E R. Yeah, first time I'm hearing Schaffenauer. So Otmar was okay. uh, Otmar was the Back team principal that got was under a lot of heat, yeah, for the pink Sadies. As I dubbed it, which was good, the racing point car, exactly. Um, which then transitioned to Alpine, or excuse me, Aston. which transitioned to Aston Martin. Which quick tidbit for anybody that might not know led to some pretty interesting rulemaking about copy taking images yes or taking pictures of cars in certain periods of time it's one of my favorite things they're like you can't use a 3d scanner i'm like good luck yeah Ah, come on yeah i'm like 
<laughs> they get all sorts of augmented reality tech now. And right. So you take a 2D image and it is 3D. Right. I feel mm. like that's that's going to be a lasting relic from a bizarre FIA administration period, which is just these like reactive... Like pit stops are too fast? Let's yeah. remember that. <sighs> that's a topic all in itself. That is the most annoying thing in the yeah. world. Oh, the worst. Okay. Otmar Schaffenauer. Schnaffenzauer. Schnaffenzauer. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Otmar Schaffenauer. Schaffenauer. Okay, I got it. I got it now. That's Otmar the, is a king. Soundboard. That's great. For, thank on you for soundboard. forgiving us and and trying to f- learn your last name, Otmar, while we're live. The <laughs> but anyways, with him leaving, it is presumed that the relationship between Aston Martin and BWT is done. No kidding. I mean, that's good news. Wait, and that means Lawrence is out? No, no, no. So BWT is the pink. They're a water filtration company. Sorry, I thought Lawrence was BWT. Lawrence is Aston Martin. Or rather, I thought that was Lawrence's company. No, he was Tommy Hilfiger. Correct. Oh, so he has no branding on the car. Nope, just his Aston Martin. Oh, understood, okay. So he purchased the entire company, not just the F1 team. He bought the entire what company? Aston Martin. Lawrence Stroll owns Aston Martin. In the majority shareholder. When did that happen? Uh, during his acquisition of Racing Point. And wow, Force that Indian. guy made some huge moves that year. Big moves. Bought Aston Martin? So wow. he was funding Williams pretty heavily when Lance was at Williams. And then... Angel invest, just like throwing money at him? Well, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Right? So drivers who bring money stay. Sure. Wow, I didn't know that. So now that... Otmar Schaffenauer. Is out... <laughs> Please leave the pause in. <laughs> BWT is going to be off the livery and out. Obviously, you said that there is a relationship, but how are they financially intertwined? Well, okay, so that brings us full circle. Wow, this came around. Yeah, wonderful work, yeah. gentlemen. Thank you, Michael. I applaud. So, Otmar having a relationship with a sponsor is just like a driver, right? So, Telcel is on the Red Bull car because of Checo. So, Checo brings Telcel to the party. And they're as a personal sponsor, right? Somebody who endorses that driver and wants them to race. They have that buy-in. So Otmar has a relationship with BWT outside of racing. It's a friend. It's a personal networking thing. So it's like a personal sponsor, but it's for the but race it's represented on the car. And it's not for the driver, it's for the race engineer. It's, well, you know, in that sense, for this one, yeah. But where Otmar isn't just there because of someone's outside money, because he's a, also a very skilled and talented individual, Yeah, that relationship has developed over the years and has paid off in, in sponsor dollars for his teams. Where they were on the side of the Sahara Force India when he was team principal, now they've been on Aston Martin, and as rumored, will be on Alpine. Interesting. He's team principal, right? Was at Aston Martin, and again, rumored to be taking over Alpine. So Alain Prost is now retired from Alpine and he was our, you know, kind of driver coach role. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, those who are listening. I know that he was involved in that component. So Alain Prost obviously is a legend. He competed with Ayrton Senna. He's multiple world champion and very well known for the Senna era. He's kind of the villain of his documentary for lack of a better term. But Prost is a hero in France and so he being aligned with Renault and Alpine was a really big win for them. And so his involvement with the team over the years has been really cool. It's been awesome to have him at the track and see his face and working with the drivers. Um, he uh, didn't pick up the option to renew his contract at the end of the last year. What was he doing? So that's the question. I believe it was driver coaching and like driver management. Okay. 
and he didn't pick up his option to continue. When confronted with the news that broke, mm-hmm. which was that no one has actually made an official announcement, minus Aston Martin at this point, mm-hmm. and Alpine relieving their own team principal, Allen's response and quote to Formula One was that this perfectly reflected the disrespect he felt existed at Alpine and the reason why he had decided to leave the team and not pick up the option for his contract. That they didn't respect his wishes. Okay. Some beef. Some beef in France. What do they call that? Bove. <laughs> I don't know if that's real or not. Bove. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put this in the podcast. No, no, keep keep it in the podcast. We're not trying to make uh, Renault fans. Trying to make some Haas fans. This. (laughs) Oh, wow. I know my French meats, guys. Sorry, I thought that's why... You invited me. She she sounds so bothered (laughs) that you asked her. She's like, what is this burger made of? (sighs) Do this. (laughs) (laughs) The most bothered translator I've ever heard. Yeah. Don't ask again. No, ask again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. You learn something new every day. Yeah. I'm glad you're learning something from this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Parker, go in depth here. How did you know what beef was in French? I have an approximate knowledge of many things, Mike. Some considered to be unnatural. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been a Star Wars reference. (laughs) Uh, That's Alan Frost. I think that's a pretty good general discussion. Yeah. If we want, we can take a question or we're we can just kind of... hours. <laughs> Sorry, I can't commit to an hour. Can we just do a half an hour? <laughs> All right, shifting gears again, downshifting. Um, what we're going to be doing is I have prepared a quick little quiz for oh. both of you. Ooh. Oh, great. It's going to be Haas themed, which is appropriate for the Haas boys. Yeah, let's go. Took a deep dive. uh, Actually, not at all. Very service level dive into into all of the Haas's drivers' Instagram accounts. Oh, wow. I mean, this is a pretty simple quiz. So all Haas drivers, can you name them all? That's not the quiz. (laughs) Can you name all the Haas drivers? I can. Mm, Okay. Well, wait, all, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you go ahead. Wait, is that really the question? No, but. I also want to make sure I know all of them. Uh, let's <laughs> see. <laughs> Roman Grosjean, Kevin Magnuson, and then Mazepin Schumacher. One more. There's one more. Oh, and in Machado. No, 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 no. Don't tell me. It's an M. It's M. And he's he's Latin. He is, but it's not an M. Uh, a, oh, men. It's sort of like Mendoza or something like that. Esteban Gutierrez. Oh, Gutierrez. Short-lived career with Haas. Correct. Because Roman Grosjean was kicking butt. That and first year, and he was crashing into Fernando Alonso. And Magnuson was without a deal. Okay. The quiz is still on then. So, okay. of the five Haas drivers and Gunter in the mix, so six total, who has the most followers on Instagram? Ooh. Oh, that's Grosjean. That's my, that's my call. Kay. Grosjean is my call. Parker, going with Grosjean. Michael. Oh, man. I feel like I got to go. I, I got to put my money on Gunter on this one. You always go with 
the goonster. You always got to get to that cheese. Okay, so if we're going with those answers, final answers. Yeah. Um, trick question. I don't think Goonter actually has an official Instagram account. I think, I mean, it's trick question. <laughs> got him. <laughs> it's the worst. I don't think it's his account. There's no like blue check on it. It just says Gunther Steiner, um, team principal. My favorite team principal. Yeah. I think that's his I think that's his account. It could be, but you know, he doesn't have the most. He has 31k. 31,000. Roman Grosjean um has where Roman Grosjean has 1.7 million. Wow. Okay. Okay, it is at the most. Starting with the Magnuson? Esteban Gutierrez, 218,000. Still a lot. Kevin Magnuson, 536,000. Mazepin, 552,000. And then Mick Schumacher with 2.3 million. Oh, wow. Okay. It it helps that racing heritage right there. Sure. It was big news when he came on to Haas. Big, big time. Yeah, Yeah, so... He was also a Formula 2 champ. Everybody else is just pre-investing in him. Mm-hmm. They're like, he's going to be big. Exactly. I'm going to get this cheap follow early I on. Ground floor. I got to get him all now. Oh, just got to start chomping on that content. <laughs> just chomping on chomping that Chomping content. on that content early. Big old juicy content. That's right. <laughs> I rolled the dice in the wrong direction. I mean... You, you threw a curveball there by putting a fake Gunter account. Let's just say... What's that content made of? This... <laughs> <laughs> is it oh it's playing through your computer i'm like how's your mic pick that up so clearly because my mic is the this <laughs> um right well thanks for playing the haas quiz today thank yeah. you and for all listeners out there if you are wanting to send questions in to the team here the haas boys please send all questions either follow us on instagram at haas boys haas.boys um, you can message us there, or you can send us an email at dashosboys at gmail.com, dashosboys at gmail.com. Any questions at all? F1 questions, questions about us, please. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for joining us today. Join us next week, where we can't guarantee that it'll be an hour, but it'll at least be a... Chef <laughs> <laughs>